Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. I'm your host, John LaChapelle, and I'm joined with our communications director, David Gamboa, and our newest recruit, Don Gibbler, who is our awareness director. Uh, For those of you who've been trekking with us, you know that up until this point, Elijah Rising has not had a prayer director or an awareness director. So this is a, a pretty big deal that we've established, not just in a position, but a director role, um, both prayer and awareness. And so what I'd love is for you, David, to speak to why having an awareness director is such a big deal. Um, David's one of those roles as communications marketing that touches every sector of the organization. And so a lot of the awareness has fallen on him over the years. And so yeah. why is this such a big deal? <laughs> well, I think everyone can trace their involvement. Well, not everyone, but most people trace their involvement in anti-trafficking to a point where they were made aware to this injustice that's happening. Yeah. I know for me, that was my experience. I had no clue this was going on Mm -hmm. and I go visit the Elijah Rising Museum. I go Mm -hmm. on a van tour and it just like did something to me. And so that's been a lot of people's stories where they've gone from a place of not knowing what's happening to a place of knowing. And once you know, then it's, it's almost like this burden that's placed on you and it's like, okay, what do I do with this? And I think the problem of trafficking in Houston has gotten so bad that it's drawing, you know, attention really globally. Yeah. Um, but I think we've reached a point where this is kind of normalized. Mm. And I think it's normalized because people just don't know what's going on. Yeah. They don't know what's happening on Bissonette Street. They don't know what's happening inside the massage parlors. Mm-hmm. And that's how these... Um, structures thrive. They thrive on people maybe recognizing that they're there, but not grasping like the full picture Mm -hmm. of how evil, of how unjust this is. And so I think awareness does that critical role of take Mm -hmm. somebody who um, is not in relationship to anti-trafficking Maybe, you know, they're just like a teacher or they're just in construction or they're just going about their day-to-day life Mm. going from their home to their work, going back, raising their family. Um, but awareness does this thing where it like disrupts you. It like yeah. says, hold on, yeah. you know, things aren't as they should be in exactly. this city. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what the role of awareness is and why it's so mm. important. So good. Yeah, I use the word normalization. I think another word to supplement that with is desensitized. Yeah, I think we've become so desensitized to the travesty that is trafficking, the inhumane act of sex trafficking. And so I think it's become normal, but people have also just been so calloused and hardened to why this is an issue and why we should do everything in our power to stop it. And so, Don, why don't you introduce yourself? We don't know who you are. (laughs) The audience would love to know what you did before um, you came into this role and then what drew you um, in the first place to anti-trafficking. 
Okay. So uh, my name is Dawn, and um, for most of my life, I was a teacher. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mother of five sons, um, and I taught English um, in both elementary school and in middle school. And my journey into anti-human trafficking started, oh gosh, about a decade ago when um, Melody, who is also with Elijah Rising, she and I were doing ministry down in housing projects. And that's where I was first introduced to trafficking, where we saw people being trafficked. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I just went down a rabbit hole of self-education. I read a book simultaneously called The Bitter Side of Sweet, which depicted a fictional account of the chocolate industry and the human trafficking that's happening within that. Mm -hmm. And I read that and I had to investigate, is this real or is this just, you know, a fictional book? And so I just started researching and researching and researching Mm -hmm. and talking to people. Um, And then Melody became involved with Elijah Rising. And she kept inviting me saying, hey, why don't you come volunteer? Why don't you come volunteer? And I, mm. at that time I said, I couldn't fit anything else on my plate. But the more I learned, just like David, you said, mm-hmm. I couldn't not act. Yeah. Um, I, I had to become involved because I realized that this isn't a problem somewhere else. This was a problem right here, yeah. right here in our backyard. And so mm. um, it was, it was a, a long journey of educating myself, mm. um, becoming informed, um, so that I could take the proper action. Yeah. And that's what brought me here. It's amazing. So how long have you been an educator? I started teaching in 1993, okay. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I did take a break in there and was a youth pastor okay. um, for about nine years. And so, oh, but okay. still educating. Totally. Um, then I went back into the public school system and yeah, and was there until just two weeks ago. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. I love this. This is such a great opportunity for you to help bridge mm-hmm. the gap for some of our listeners. You, your wife, you're mm-hmm. a mother, you're an educator, you're in the school system. Yes. Help us understand like what you saw as a teacher. I know you yeah. were really mm-hmm. educating your students and they have all been your biggest fans as you're <laughs> out, you know, every week yes. interacting with these mm-hmm. women. Help just bridge that for our listeners. Wow. Yes. So um, once my students found out mm. what that I volunteered with Elijah Rising, mm. they demanded to understand. Mm, you know, it was wow. it was one of those things as an educator, you always want the kids to want to learn. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to tell you they wanted to learn English, which is what I taught. <laughs> um, but through the context of mm. me sharing what I did on Friday nights, believe it or not, mm. it gelled perfectly with language arts. Mm. And um, it really motivated my students, even in the academic areas. But um, some of the things that um, I learned just through being a teacher is that these kids are exposed to this on the regular. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And what this, age are, are you talking about? Okay, so um, I taught fifth grade for a long time, but I finished my career teaching eighth grade, so 13, 14 years oh, ago. Wow, yeah. okay. Um, and so most of my students, now they, they've heard the words human trafficking, they've heard the words prostitution, did not have any idea what those things really were. Mm. And so um, once I started sharing, they started bringing me their cell phones. And saying, is this one of those people you're talking about? And people were actually trying to contact them Mm. through TikTok, through Instagram, and even just through text messages. Mm. And it was, for me, it was amazing because I was able to then contact parents, talk to the admin, you know, say, hey, this is what's going on. Talk to the counselors at our school. Mm. And so... um, That's huge. It it, it was. It was really huge. And Mm. what was funny is they were being educated Mm -hmm. about it, but in the wrong way. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was able to set the record straight, which is a huge part of what true awareness really is supposed to be. And when you say they were being educated about it, are you talking about um, the education they were receiving from like social media platforms yes. and online? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they were just being educated through the wrong means. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, I taught about 150 students a year. And um, for those students, yeah. um, they understand this concept. And, and, it, at first, when the kids started asking me questions, it did raise a few concerns with parents. And I'd get an email like, are you sure you should be talking about this? Mm. But then after having a conversation with the parent, mo- like I never had a parent mm. come against me. Most of the parents That's sent good. me emails saying, thank you. Wow. We're talking around the dinner table about this. Mm. You've given me a bridge. My, my child hasn't wanted to talk to me for so long, but they'll talk about this. Wow. And so it was just, it was such mm. a great, great mm. way. And then when I decided to leave education to come to this, uh, my students were just so supportive. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that is such a gift. Yeah, I really want you to talk about, you know, David's got a, a little girl. You've got six kids. I, I have five. Five, five. five. but you foster or adopted well, at Well, four one of point. our own and one that we. Helped another mom with, yes. Okay, awesome. So So just speak really quickly to some of the difficulty that parents have talking about these topics with their children. I mean, you have parents that are resisting maybe at first to you sharing, but then seeing, okay, this is important. What do you think that resistance, where where does that come from? A lack of knowledge. Mm. Um, What a lot of times we fear what we don't know. Mm. And a lot of parents aren't informed. Yeah. Um, they know the terminology, but they don't have the concept of it. They don't mm. have the deep understanding. And so, like I said, when a parent would email me with concern after a conversation, they were 100% on board. Oh. Um, even having parents asking me, what can I do to support you guys? What can I do to help? Um, asking questions. Hey, I'm talking about my this with my child right now. You know, how should I respond to this question? And so really it is just (laughs) educating people Mm -hmm. and making sure that they that they understand. And and from a mother's perspective, just seeing um, the opportunities that technology provide for online predators, Mm, um, it's definitely something that parents need to be aware of so that they can prepare their children. Mm. You know, we want to equip our children. We have to be in the world Mm -hmm. and not of the world, um, but we have to prepare them to be in that world and stand strong and stand firm Mm -hmm. um, for our family, you know, values, our belief systems. And so I know you're a little nervous coming on, but get ready for a part two because that is a whole podcast within itself, educating families. I was nervous at first, but once you get me going, like we could, don't worry, we won't be here eight hours, but we could be because once I get going, I just don't want to stop. So, so because of my role, I have to bridge the gap. Everything that David and Don are saying, it it comes out of Hosea 4 6, where the Lord says, My people perish Mm -hmm. for a lack of knowledge. And so the reason why families are in devastation, the reason why trafficking is still as pervasive as it is, is because people are perishing for their lack of knowledge. And so this awareness arm, the reason why we need a director in this position is because if we have awareness that's really leading the front, mobilizing Mm -hmm. the church, educating school systems, educating officials and governors and law enforcement, Mm -hmm. then we can actually reverse the Mm -hmm. curse of not knowing. Yes. You know, and I didn't mention prior, two years ago, um, a young girl, well, an eighth grade student from my school mm. was taken and trafficked right out on Bissonnette. Oh, my goodness. And, um, and where, what part of town is your school um, located? Down south Houston, like the Clear Lake area. Clear Lake, you know? wow. So from Clear and, Lake to mm-hmm, southwest to, Houston. To Bissonnette. And so um, 
just if parents and teachers mm. ha- were equipped to know what to look for, mm-hmm. to know what um, to talk about with their children to prepare them, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, maybe that could have been prevented. I'm not sure. I don't know all the details in the story. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I as an educator, I really feel that the more you know, the better equipped you are Absolutely. to handle anything that comes your way. Yes. And so I think our kids are growing up in a very different world. You know, I'm, mm. I'm a lot older than you guys, um, but the world that I grew up in without cell phones and without computers mm-hmm. was a much safer world. Yeah. And nowadays, um, you know, the little device that, you know, we give to our kids that they get so excited about mm can also connect them with a whole dark world that we don't yeah. want them mm-hmm. getting sucked into. Yeah. Then so. the last piece that I want you to speak to, your launching pad really for this organization has been out on Bissonette. Yes. Can you just share a little bit about that? I really want people to be inspired again that like you're a mother, you were an educator, <laughs> you long hours, you've got yes. children that you're raising, a husband. Mm-hmm. Why did you go out there every week? What what was so alluring and how did God activate you? Um, I couldn't not go. Mm. I know that's not proper grammar coming from an English teacher, <laughs> but that that's how it was forming in my in my head. Mm. Um, once I realized the problem mm-hmm. um, and Melody connected me with Elijah Rising, I had to go. And mm. so my days, my Fridays were crazy because mm. I would get up, at about 4.45 in the morning, I'd do my workout. I would go to school. I would mm. teach all day long. Yeah. I would come home, get dinner for the kids, and then I would go out to Bissonette. And mm. sometimes we're out. You know, I was not walking back in the door of my house until 4 in the morning. Mm. Wow. Um, and so, um, but God gave me the strength. He yeah. gave me the strength to, to do that and, and to do it well. But from my first time out on Bissonette mm. and making a connection yeah. with one of those ladies, mm. um, it compelled me to just keep going. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because my students, they, we got to a point where every Monday, they didn't want me to start my lesson mm-hmm. until they had heard what had happened. <laughs> um, wow. and, and they just, even if it was, hey, we loved on the girls, you know, mm-hmm. we, we provided a meal, we, you mm-hmm. know, um, these types of things, they just wanted to know. And, mm-hmm. and there were some times where I missed a Monday because I had training or something, and I'd get a text from another teacher saying, hey, so-and-so is really worried mm-hmm. because you didn't come back on Monday, you know, wow. you go out to these, you know, sketchy areas. But something that really stuck with me, and it might sound like a, a cut down, but it really wasn't. It was a compliment. One of my students, mm. they, they nicknamed me Miss Gibby um, mm. instead of Miss Skipler. <laughs> it was a very um, heartfelt nickname. But he said, no offense to you. He's like, but mm. you're, you're old. You're kind of old mm. and you're not in the best shape. And he's like, wow. but you go out. Well, he, he, really, he really was meaning this nicely. Yeah. Um, he's like, and you go out <laughs> mm-hmm. into these areas mm-hmm. and you talk to these people that you know, are scary. Yeah. And he's like, if you can do this, anybody can do this. Mm. And so um, I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. It mm. doesn't, you know, I think media makes things so sensationalized mm-hmm. that it makes ordinary people like eighth grade English teachers yeah. um, in their, you know, mid fifties mm. think, oh, I can't do anything, but we absolutely can because yes. it's just about going out and loving people. Mm. And, um, 
doing what the Lord has called us to do. Yeah, I think we probably need to define what bisonette is because we're used, we're so uh, used yeah, to it. And I just did a van tour, and I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. it's the largest, you know, open air sex market in the United States." And they were like, "What does that mean?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Don, maybe you can just shed light on like what that area looks like in Houston. Okay, so for open air um, sex trade, you will just see ladies walking up and down the street. Um, they're usually being followed. Um, by their traffickers, um, very closely monitored. And so yeah. they, they just walk around this, I guess it's about a mile, mile and a half yeah. long, yeah. what they call the track. And they just walk and they walk and they walk and they walk all night long. Mm. And the buyers, there's a line of buyers um, pretty much from the time we get there till the time we leave. And vehicles. And, and vehicles, mm-hmm. yes. Just, well, the line, the, the, yes, I'm sorry. The uh, buyers are in their vehicles and they just circle the block mm-hmm. um, until. Mm-hmm. They find what they want, and then they, they purchase it. And so we set up a table right there on the side of the street, mm. and our table has things that the girls would need. Um, and we really seek to just let the girls, we know we are there to love you. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want anything from you. We're not yeah. trying to pressure you to do anything. We just want you to know that we love you, and yeah. we are here for you. Mm. And so that's, that's what we do on Bissonette. Yeah. yeah, that's helpful. I've been out there a number of times and just want to testify, you don't look like someone who's had a long day at school. I mean, <laughs> you and the other women that are out there, it's just so inspiring to see the zeal and the compassion and the true love without agenda that is displayed out there. And so, you know, for those of you who are watching and, and you're feeling the same tug, the same compelling to be a part of what we're doing. There's so many opportunities to volunteer with Elijah Rising yes. and, and to get your feet wet. If you're like, I feel it, but I, I probably need a, a training wheel first. There's so mm-hmm. many opportunities to get connected. And so right. go to our website, ElijahRising.org yes. slash volunteer and connect with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's that's a huge part of awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see things, we can become knowledgeable and we can even understand something. But if we do not take action, yeah. then we are just passive observers. Yeah. Um, and that kind of falls under the pity category and that never brings change. Yeah. And so, you know, as I step into this position of awareness director, I just keep asking myself, you know, what is my theory of change? You know, based on awareness and the action steps that we're taking, hmm. how is that going to impact human That's trafficking good. in the Houston area? It's really good. And so that is just what I keep praying into, mm. talking about. And, um, and I stand and believe that we're going to see that change yes. happen. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So we'll pivot just a little bit and kind of direct most of this toward you, David. But for those of you who have experienced any kind of touch with Elijah Rising, one of our most notable um, expressions within the awareness arm are van tours. Yes. Um, that's how I got connected, 19 years old, college student connected. in Houston. I participated oh, wow. in a van tour and was ready to burn the city down. Like I was so <laughs> vehement, like how can these things exist? And at the time I was going to school right on Fondren and Bissonette at Houston Baptist University. So literally a rock's wow. throw from where mm-hmm. you guys are every week. And so because of COVID, we had to shut down, you know, couldn't be in close contact, but Going dormant was actually a gift for us because we've been able to revamp and, and restructure some of how we do van tours. And so I want you to speak to that as we're about to relaunch the van tours. What are some exciting things that people can be on the lookout for? Yeah, so the original van tour was in like the Galleria area and it wasn't like we didn't go far in Houston. It was literally around one block and there was 
you know, eight different brothels, mm-hmm. a makeshift abortion, a clinic. I mean, it was just crazy just mm-hmm. in this one. And, you know, the amazing thing was I drove by there the other day and every place mm-hmm. that we hit on the van tour, the original route mm-hmm. was closed. Come on. It was shut down. And so I think there's an element to the exposure. Once Absolutely. you expose mm-hmm. something, it can no longer mm-hmm. be there or thrive there. Yeah. Yes. And so... When we moved our office to the Heights, we were like, surely, you know, we're going to have to go back down to the Galleria because that's just where there's a high concentration of brothels. And mm-hmm. we were like, I don't, like in the Heights, like no one would think in the Heights exactly. there will be trafficking. And sure enough, we did like 30 minutes of research and found residential brothels, massage parlors, mm-hmm. cantinas yeah. even, Um just all over the heights. And so we created a new route and then COVID came. And so that caused us to pause everything. And during that season, we began to think, you know, how can we make this even even more impactful? And so we got the idea to like put TVs in the van Mm -hmm. so that we can interview experts, interview survivor leaders, Mm -hmm. get different perspectives, interview HPD, law enforcement, Um, people from the Asian community, Latin American community, Mm -hmm. and bring their voices to the forefront. So Mm -hmm. it's not just us saying what our experience is, is, but when you go on the van tour, you're going to hear multiple sides Mm -hmm. because trafficking is a very, very complex issue. It's very nuanced. And so what we're creating is this really immersive experience where you're going to hear someone tell you truth, but you're also going to see it with your eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's the... I think that's the main draw to the van tour is that I think trafficking kind of uh, reaches this point of like where people feel like it's conspiracy a little bit. Like we'll say some things and you'll say that is so evil. I can't even believe Mm. that's happened. Like it just doesn't seem real. And so, but when you go on the van tour and you see it, Mm. it just does something. It like, opens your eyes and then whenever you're driving around the city all these things begin to pop out at you and you recognize the signs and you recognize what's going on Mm. and so that's the impact of the van tour and so we're in the phase where we're um, currently um, wrapping up filming Mm. we're starting to edit with the goal of launching you know before this this year is done it's so exciting yeah so both of you can speak to this. I think it's important. What do you say to the person who says, you know, I will never go on a van tour because it's just re-exploiting the women that are out there. Or I would never go on a van tour because it's just inciting that the, um, pornographic or perverse spirit in our city. Like, what do you say to people that are giving us that kind of pushback sometimes? Yeah, I would say, you know, we, we don't go to the open air sex bars, So we don't go, you know, point out, women like you know Mm. she's being trafficked or whatever Mm -hmm. um we go by establishments that we know that that there's ample evidence Mm -hmm. of trafficking exploitation going on yeah Uh, we also run that list by law enforcement Mm. and make sure they know that's going on Mm. and so we confirm with them and then we also do outreach into the places And so we have that perspective as well. Mm -hmm. And so our goal isn't to, uh, and really, you know, anyone can go online and find this information. So it's not like we're, you know, (laughs) providing like secret data that's Mm. published on some private network. Like all of this stuff is on Google. Yeah. You can look up 
where to buy sex in your community. It's that mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. And I sp- think that speaks to what you're saying about the dangers of technology. You know, any yes. young person can get online mm-hmm. and say where to buy sex in Houston yeah. and you'll have yeah. an entire review site where mm-hmm. you can go what type of women are there, mm-hmm. the age of the women there, down mm-hmm. to every single detail, including like ethnicity. Wow. Um, so that's how I would answer that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to just... Just bringing that awareness. We were on a tour a couple weeks ago, mm. and David was giving the tour. I was sitting next to one of the tourists, mm. and he pointed out a place, and, and she gasped, and she said, oh, that's where I go to get my feet massaged. Mm. And she had no idea. Yeah, She had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just bringing that to her awareness, saying, okay, so now, now you know. Yeah. Um, and then another woman had said, oh yeah, I tried to make a, an appointment at a different place and they wouldn't even let me make the appointment. So, you know, that place that you go to get your feet done, they're, you know, letting you in the door. Um, but wow. she had no idea. She was just absolutely shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually heard you on the phone confirming a van tour with, uh, I believe it was a small group. And I overheard her say, you know, we've got kids that are going to come and, and young adults. Can you speak to, to that, like the importance of exposing your children to these realities? And, okay. and obviously we're not bringing, you know, probably four-year-old, five-year-olds on this tour, but yes. there's this age of accountability in some senses mm-hmm. where you're bringing your 11, 12, 13-year-old yeah. on these experiences. What would you say to that? Well, um, if there was someone concerned about it, I would first ask them, does your child have a cell phone? Mm. Because if they have a cell phone, I can almost guarantee they have already been exposed, yeah. even with the parental controls. Mm. Um, not only are kids good at getting around those controls, but so are the predators. Yeah. And so um, I think what is the average age of exposure or for children to be looking at pornography on a regular basis is dropping. It's like below it's like, 10 years old. Yeah. And yeah. so um, to come on a van tour where we're just driving by and we're just talking about these things and educating people, mm-hmm. that is a a must. Mm-hmm. That is a conversation that has to be had. Mm-hmm. Because like we said previously, if the parent is not educating their child about this, someone else is, yes. and it's not going to be the right people. Mm-hmm. And so it's better to go on a van tour, and that's what I was telling the lady on the phone, you can go on the van tour, you mm-hmm. can look at our virtual museum, mm-hmm. and then have these real-time conversations with your kids yes. so that you can prepare them and equip them yes. for what they are inevitably going to be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important, and we, we don't really talk about this enough, but the target of the sex industry is like 15 to 18 year olds. Yes. Exactly. They are what's, you know, those are what criminals are looking for. Mm-hmm. So why would we shield them exactly. from the enemy, from yes. helping them understand like, hey, there's people that are targeting you. Yes. As, as young as 15, you know, maybe even 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I would go younger for yeah. sure. Yeah, younger. Yeah, and so just to even, I always like to connect it for those of you who are uh, faith people, faith-filled um, people. Ephesians 5.13 says, whatever is in darkness, expose it because whatever becomes visible becomes light. And so another reason, you know, just to affirm what David was sharing, these places that we once exposed in the Galleria, just going, here it is, 
and people on the van tour praying and, and small groups taking up brothels, taking up establishments and praying, it has now shut down these areas. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when things shut down, another one pops up, but we're creating a new culture and the mindsets mm-hmm. of people to understand this is not okay. And we are now stirring them to action. Yes. So just to affirm what we're saying exposing these things, pointing them, pointing them out. It's a biblical reality that God has called us to do, to shine light. Yes. And so really, really thankful for what you guys are doing. So Don, quickly, how can people uh, sign up for a van tour? Well, you can go online to ElijahRising.org and there is a volunteer tab and you mm-hmm. can, or the, well, that's for the volunteers. I'm sorry. There's a van tour tag. We are not relaunching until September, mm-hmm. um, but if if you just really want one over the summer, we can get you in. It just won't be the fully immersive experience yeah. with the video testimonies, but you can sign up online um, or you can even call the office and, mm-hmm. and ask for me, Don, and we will get you signed up for a van tour. Awesome. And we're also looking for van tour drivers or facilitators. And yeah. So if, this is a way you want to volunteer. What that looks like is once or twice a month, you'll have a certain day mm. and you, you'll you be the one leading the van tour. We'll, we'll yes. equip you with all train the information, you. train you. Yes. And um, that's a really amazing opportunity. And the people that go on van tours range from public officials mm-hmm. to church groups to business professionals to yeah. people in the medical field. And so it really touches a wide variety yes. of people in Houston. Incredible. So we're just going to land the plane here. You touched on it already, but the Digital Museum. And so I've got to brag on this guy. Since I started the position six months ago, he and our social media coordinator, Becky Gilgore, have been building out this immersive, comprehensive digital museum. Um, For those of you who didn't know, we had an intoxicated individual run into the side of our previous building (laughs) where our physical museum was positioned. And so now that we're in a new space, we're in a new part of town, um, just that innovative spirit and David to go, well, how do we still reach people? while we're still waiting for our physical museum to launch. And and so this um, digital museum has been such a um, game changer, in my opinion. I I don't think I've seen anything like it uh, online. So I want you to speak to that, share that, and how people can not only go through it, but how they can proclamate it and get this message out to their friends and communities. Yeah, so it's very shareable. You just go to ElijahRising.org slash museum. And we created it to be like an IG story. Again, we, we're really mm-hmm. targeting a younger audience. And yeah. so it's like Instagram, it's like TikTok. You mm-hmm. best way to access it is on your phone. I remember you asking me, like, can What's we watch the best it on way TV? to do this? <laughs> like it's the best access through your phone. Yeah. And um, once you go through there, there's uh, different exhibits that you can go through that mm-hmm. highlights historical cases mm-hmm. in Houston. And the reason why we took historical cases is because these are verifiable mm-hmm. cases that have been done. Um, but the thing is, those things are still happening yeah. in our city. And so we need to learn from history mm-hmm. so that we can prevent those things from happening again. Yes. Right. And the amazing thing about the Digital Museum is it can continue to grow and expand. So, mm-hmm. you know, we only have three exhibits or four exhibits now, but we plan on, on adding on mm-hmm. and creating multiple sh- streams and there's a way that you can like if you go through the exhibit and there's one 
slide that really sticks out to you, mm-hmm. there's a button up top where you can literally just send that to someone. Oh, awesome. So if you're a parent and you know you read about you know this grooming tactic or something, you can mm-hmm. go up there and literally send that to your group of friends. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to just spread the word and get them yes. you know, on the same page as you. Because people, you'll tell people, oh, I learned about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have enough time to tell them. Absolutely. So this is a great tool. That you could say, hey, I just want to send you a link. Just mm-hmm. go through it. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, it'll take you maybe 15 minutes mm-hmm. to read through all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way to just share it with people and get them launched. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome, man. So, is there hope for a physical museum coming back? Yeah. So, we actually have a side space on our building mm-hmm. that we're looking at um, building a new museum Mm. there so that people can experience because the van tour they just show you you know the outside of the buildings Mm -hmm. but the museum we created as a way for you to experience you know what actually goes on inside Mm -hmm. Um, but also we do want to show the hopeful side so we look back at like William Booth as a Salvation Army like Mm -hmm. they were doing midnight missions which is what we've modeled intervention after so people who hundreds of years before us were doing the same thing that we're doing mm-hmm. now, and they saw incredible moves of God. Mm-hmm. And so we want to sow that seed of faith in yeah. our city to say, like, you know what, if they saw that that happen where they put safe homes on every continent, yeah. like in the 1800s, mm-hmm. surely we can do that now yeah. in the 2022, you know? Yes. Yes. So um, we really believe the museum is a seed of faith to see mm-hmm the city changed. Mm, it's yeah. incredible, yeah. And, and like I said, it's such a great tool for families to mm. go through it together to yeah. get those conversations rolling. Yes. Um, especially with your, your teenage kids. It's just fantastic. Yeah, so just want to say bravo again. It's an excellent yes, job. Good job. Thank you. Don, just to land the plane, close this, what <laughs> would you say to, again, our audience as we talk about awareness as we encourage volunteer um, signups and and just getting involved. What's just one last impactful statement you would say just to rally people on the importance of awareness and volunteering? Oh gosh. Well, human trafficking isn't someone else's problem. It's all of our problems Mm, because it's happening everywhere. It's happening all around us. And so um, there's a saying that my husband and I, when we were pastors, we said, way before it became super cool, but we're better together. Mm. And um, Elijah Rising is not going to eradicate human trafficking. It is going to be Elijah Rising cooperating with individual communities, mm. with other yeah. anti-trafficking agencies, with secular businesses. It's, really with, it's just the whole community. Mm. And once we can get people to that level of awareness that they're ready to take action, we are going to put a major dent, um, if not completely eradicate mm. it. Yeah, I, I right. fully believe that. Amen. Um, because there are way more people who don't want it yes. than there are who do. Yes. And so we just have to mm. um, work together. Yeah. So. We believe Houston is a prototype. It's a model city for the cities of our nation. And so what Don is speaking to, I believe that there's a strategy, there's mm. a unity that God is bringing to our city that's way bigger than us. And so we're just wanting to spread the message far and wide that we need you. We need more people on the battlefront with us to see this injustice completely eradicated from our city. And so again, elijahrising.org slash volunteer. If you've been inspired, encouraged, we ask you to share this. 
um, like this. Um, another thing, you know, as we're talking about this immersive experience and the van tour, as we're talking about building out a physical museum in the city, you, the third largest city in the nation, um, we need funds. And so if you want to help seed um, the build out of this museum, if you want to help seed, you know, we actually need another van. You know, we're yeah. working with one van right now. And so if you know someone who wants to donate a van or if you know of <laughs> 15 someone. 15 passenger van. Yeah. 15 passenger van or if you know of someone who wants to help so into the advancement of building out a museum that will last for decades, if not longer, um, the investment is is good ground, you guys. You can go to ElijahRising.org slash donate. But Don, David, thank you guys so much thank for being you. with us. This has us. been a really encouraging, impactful podcast. Until next time, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at ElijahRising.org donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.